Hi, this episode's kind of all over the place, but basically I dive into school life, moving across the world, and a few personal things about me. It's kind of all over the place. It's just me having like a real discussion. My voice and my mic is all over the place. Everything's all over the place. It's a fun one though. I feel like I really delve deep into shit. So if you want to hear a bit about my background, then continue listening. Um, And if you have any suggestions for the podcast, by the way, please message me. Like, feel free. Like, I don't care. Like, I want to see what I can do with this. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Lara's Rose Tinted Lens. Hope you're all well. I don't really have an aim or like a goal with this episode. I just felt like I should just speak and figure out what I want to say. Um, quick few things about me. I am an 18 year old fashion student. I left school a year early, um, but I went down a year. I lived in Glasgow from a very young age and I lived here until I was about 10. Then I moved to New Zealand for a couple of years and I really enjoyed my time there and I miss it a lot. But I would have had to choose between staying there to finish uni and finish school or come back and then try and get back to a lifestyle I was here before. Um, And it was a totally different experience when I came back from New Zealand. It was very eye-opening and I definitely think I suffered when I came back from that space in my life. Um, I went to school, well I went to three different schools. I went to a primary school which was one of the most rated primary schools I think in my area. It was very about academics and everyone's kids did very well there. And unfortunately, I was like, how do I even say it? I was very forced. I was forced to be the best I could be at a very young age. And I was under a lot of pressure. And I enjoyed my time there. But when I left that school, I realised that I had a lot of learning stuff going on and I thought that I was supposed to be in these small classes for students who didn't learn as well or who were dumb and that's just the way I thought I was. I just thought okay I'm just not as smart as that person and this is why I'm in these classes because the school was very fixated on academics and when I moved across the country I realised that obviously academics weren't everything but I actually didn't realise until I left New Zealand and came back to Glasgow and went to a different school. And this school was a lot posher than my two previous schools. And it was my first proper, I wouldn't say fancy school, but it was definitely a school which I felt a bit misplaced in the beginning I felt a bit like the odd one out um but this school was probably the best experience and worst experience of my life 
Um, unfortunately, I was in a year where it was very divided and a lot of people had groups and I felt kind of misplaced through my, my whole entire high school. And it's interesting to think about where I would have been if I went to a different school, if I hadn't been to that different school. But um, my mum was very supportive of it and she really thought I would benefit with small classes. And this school helped me figure out that I had Meersarland syndrome. Um, and Meersarland syndrome is a visual stress syndrome. And with this syndrome, it takes me a lot longer to learn shit and do things. And I find a lot of stuff difficult. Um, and I'd never really been good at reading. And my spelling was kind of all over the place and I could never get things straight away and I always thought there was something wrong with me and I always thought I was just I was just a bit weird <laughs> um, and this when I got this diagnosis and I'll tell you how this happened um, I was doing my national fives and it was coming up to my prelims and I was thinking I was saying to my mum I'm, I'm not I'm not finishing things on time and I thought to myself, well, I've seen if we could look at extra time. I don't have any dyslexia or anything diagnosed wrong with me, but maybe I can ask my head of year if I can get some extra time just so I can do well. And my mum said, there's no harm in that. So I took a test to see how long it would take me to process things, to write things out. And I had got the slowest and worst score on that test and my head of year sat down with me and she thought she was like Lara that is what happened I'm like I just took my time and I did it the amount of time it took me to do it and she was like I think you have you either have dyslexia or you have a visual stress syndrome and I was like this bitch nah like don't don't be stupid and I sat there and I thought, that's so funny. So I came home to my mum and then she rang my mum saying that I should maybe take a test just to see and make sure if things are all right. And we ended up going to the optician because I already wore prescribed glasses, but I didn't really wear them because I had gotten to a point in my life where I only really wore them if I really needed them for exams. Um, and I went to this optician and the optician sat down with me and he did this test where I had to read tons of words and I had to read them out to him and I read out this paragraph and he said for context the paragraph is just a bunch of words that make no sense so don't stop reading and if you feel like you're like suffering or like you're not getting stuff then like it's fine because it's not supposed to make sense so it was like a random like combination of like cow, sheep, affected, problems, gifted, highly, headaches, like flowers. Like it was a bunch of random words and it was about a huge paragraph and he made me read it out. And every time he made me out, he timed it. And then he would score out words I would miss out. And he said to me, after I'd done it three times, you missed out a whole paragraph. You also missed out these lines and these words and I'm like 
I don't remember doing that. And you said that you, you struggled reading out loud. It seems like you have a little bit of a stutter as well. And I was like, oh my God, like this, <laughs> this guy's really <laughs> exposing me. And I sat there and I thought to myself, okay, well, what about, what, what's going on? And he said, I think you have Meersalan syndrome. And I sat there and I thought, I started laughing. I was like, no, I don't have anything wrong with me. Like, I'm not some special kid. And ignore my ignorance at the time. But at the time I was like, oh, like, I don't need this. I don't need something. I don't need special treatment. I don't need all this. And then when I looked at the signs of Meersalan and I looked at what made me suffer with schoolwork and made school so hard for me it made so much sense like light sensitivity reading problems headaches migraines I used to get the worst headaches and I would sit there in class and I'd be like I am literally gonna cry my eyes out I can't look at this board I can't concentrate I don't know what she's doing and you know I wouldn't be where I am today without it and the fact that I left school a year early, managed to get all A's in my hires and managed to actually get some national fives and now I'm doing a degree is so <laughs> crazy to me. I never would have thought I would have been able to finish school because I'm not going to lie to you, I was a wee bitch in fifth year. Like, I just, I cried all the time. I just, I wasn't happy. I was moody, I didn't want to be there. The only reason I was going to school was to see my friends who actually probably weren't the best um, people in my life. And I've left school now and no one from that school talks to me apart from maybe like two people. And I actually lost my best friend in the end of fifth year. And it was over something like really stupid. Um, but obviously I think everything happens for a reason. And I also think the universe has a plan and I kind of believe in that stuff. So even though I was very upset about that loss of that friend, because me and her were so close and I really like enjoyed her company. And I'm so glad, you know, that and we don't we're not in contact at all. But I'm so glad that we had that time together. Because we were both difficult on each side. She clearly suffered as well as I did with other separate things. And I'm not going to get into it because it's not of my business or her business. And I'm going to keep it very on the low with that stuff to respect both her privacy. But I, um, I've heard some things about her and I hear she's doing really well. And I'm really happy for her. And I'm glad that we both are leaving school. Um, I left school a year ago now. But we both left school and we're going to do stuff we want to do. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird, you know. It's weird when you leave school. Like, nothing matters. Shit doesn't matter when you leave school. School is such a small part of your life. And actually, when you think about it, you spend about 11 years in school. And you think, oh my god, I just wasted, like... 11 or 12 years of my life doing what? Sitting in a classroom for eight hours a day. Learning about fuck all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have got my degree without the subjects I chose. But I don't think I benefited, benefited from 
sitting in a classroom for more than eight hours a day looking at a screen and writing shit down. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to think about what kind of career path I would have went on. I just finished my first year of fashion textiles and I said to myself I was either going to do English, an English degree, or something in the arts and I've been told my whole life it's so difficult to get a degree in the arts and get a job in the arts and this kind of slightly drove me and I, I mean I did try in school, I really did, but I also didn't because I was too upset and depressed and just fed up of people in my year and not like people in particular I just I felt very like stuck I didn't have a proper friendship group I didn't have a lot of people to like turn to and I think when I went in my fifth year because I didn't have any classes with my few close friends I felt very stuck and the only thing that was driving me through my fifth year was that there was a pandemic coming and I needed to get good predicted grades so I need to do well in my prelims so I can do well and I found this course in the end of my fourth year and I decided then that that's what I was going to do and I'm very lucky to have an interview and would have been offered because of my prelim results because I did really well in my prelims and that never happens. I failed almost every single prelim in my national fives and then for some reason <laughs> I actually did okay in my highs so I don't know how that happened but I'm very happy that I did well and I got A's um but actually in my art prelim I got a C and I was like mm, no no I'm not I'm not happy with this and I went up to my art teacher and I was like why did I get a C because what happens is I have cursive handwriting right so I when I write in exams I try to be as neat as possible and sometimes with my spelling mistakes and leaving out sentences I also write in pink paper by the way I forgot to mention this, I've been sidetracked with other topics, but pink, like rose pink tinted paper is the paper I use so I can like write without having like stress in my brain and not like a sore head and I can learn better in that colour. So yeah, I mean people get this for dyslexia, in Mates Online you have dyslexia as well, but I wouldn't say my spelling's absolutely horrible, but I would say that I definitely have a bit of dyslexia with obviously the syndrome I've been diagnosed with anyways um where was I yeah so seeing this exam right I write in pink and I write in pink paper and I wrote everything and I finished fine and I did everything and then I get a transcribe because I tried scribing before and what scribing is you tell the person what you want them to write and then they write it for you. But I have a system in my brain where I think for a bit, then I write notes, then I write for like a two minute period non-stop without talk, stopping to think or like take a break. And then I have a mind blank again. And this is like a constant cycle. So when I tried scripting, like I sat there and I was like, this is too stressful. I can't think of anything because there's someone looking at you waiting for you to say something. And also, unless you're fully dyslexic, you actually don't get, like, full-on help with spelling. Or, I don't know. 
and then typing's just too stressful for me. I'm not a fast typer, like I type really slow. Um that's just a way I've always been. I prefer writing, but then that's the thing with my handwriting being cursive and not like readable. I can't remember what the word is. But yeah, it just wasn't readable and like it was really difficult for like teachers to read my writing unless I I took my absolute time on it and I was very careful. And in an exam, <laughs> you just can't take your time because you. I had extra time, but I only had 25%. So I had an extra 10 minutes either before or after everyone else. Um, and that would be like, see if I was in like an English paper and I'd be sitting down and I'd be looking at like, um, like a close reading, which the first paper is like critical, I think. Oh, I could be getting that wrong actually. But it's, I know it's a close reading and you have questions. I know that's all you have in the first paper. Um, and this is for Nash 5 and higher. I never did advanced higher English, but I would have done it if I stayed for an extra year. But I was like, no, get me out of school, please. Um, so, yeah, I did that paper. And the first 10 minutes, and people were like, oh, you're so lucky you've extra time. You give so much time. And the first 10 minutes, I read it. I just read the article. And I, I eventually, like, picked the pieces together. But... You spend the first 10 minutes when you have neuros online processing something and looking at something. And then the next 10 minutes, I like analyzed it and I highlighted stuff. And I thought, oh shit, like I've, I've actually got to like look at questions and start this now. So extra time was beneficial for me to progress, process stuff. Progress? Jesus. You're going to have to deal with me not being able to talk on this, by the way. Um, but yeah. It was, it was so weird. I, I just don't, it's just, it's such a weird thing. I think it's, a lot of people have Meersland syndrome. I've never met someone with Meersland syndrome, but partly it's such a normal thing. Like, it's not like an optimal problem. It's more like a, like a brain, like an ability to like process visual information. And it's, quite a lifetime barrier of like it I struggle with learning a lot because of it and when I went into this fashion course I was so scared because I'd never had the opportunity or I'd never stretched myself enough to do fashion textiles as like in school that just wasn't a thing like my school had different things which were different to other schools but in that school, they were all about you doing your best. But it was still the stereotypical views of like, if you're really academic and you do sports and you do all this, then you'll get better positions and you'll do better in life. So you were still hammered into your brain. You've got to be the best at this. You've got to do this. And if you don't achieve this, then you're not going to like make it in life. And I just think school's so, it's so stupid and it's not for everyone. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm so glad that I experienced school and I got my grades and I'm at a place where, you know, I'm going to be doing something I enjoy. And I enjoyed my first year so much and I actually got an A. I can't believe it. I'm actually so happy with myself. I thought I fucking failed the course. Um, I didn't. Big surprise. But yeah, it was such a weird time I mean I, I completed a fashion course online didn't go into the studio once 
did all the sewing machine work. Bearing in mind, I hadn't sewed before this course. Like, who goes to a fashion course and who hasn't sewed before? Like, what? Anyway, this fashion course, Fashion Textiles, was like crochet, knit, sewing machine, embroidery, print, and it was just, oh, it's the most amazing ex- first year I've had in my life. Did I cry about five till million, five till, what the fuck? Anyway, <laughs> did I cry a lot? Yes, I did. I cried almost, God, it must have been every second week or something. I mean, it's it's a course and I really, it's the first course and subject in my life I felt like I belonged in that subject. And my course is full of different types of people. A lot of them are older than me and a lot of them have experienced a lot of different techniques and have done knit and done sewing and it runs in the family. So it was interesting to do an artsy topic without having the guidance of other people in my life being artsy. Um, Because my mum and my dad, um, here's a quick rundown of my family actually. I have mum and a dad and my sister and then my wee dog. Um, And my mum and my dad met at uni and they both did a constructive engineering degree. And then my mum did a master's in IT health. And then she went off doing like writing and like talking about the internet and like how to process information and like... Oh, it was just so cool. And then my dad went off and worked for a water company and went into the water industry. And he did a lot of like managing and like designing. And now he manages people and like does all this like cool like spreadsheet shit. And he's just well cool, my, my dad. And he's he's so he's got still got such a constructive brain. He's always building stuff and doing stuff. And I mean, don't don't keep this on the low, but he's sixty next year. And I just think, because I'm 20 next year, I don't even want to get into that. Um, but he's so cool. He's doing so, he's done so much in his life. And I mean, that seems old, but the fact that he's turning 59 this year and he's achieved this much, I just think it's so cool. And the reason why we travelled to New Zealand, actually, was because of my dad's work, which is so, oh, it's just, it's, I'm so grateful. I loved my time there and I thought it was the most amazing experience um and then my mum now works in primary schools and she didn't work for a while actually she took a break from working to look after us because in New Zealand it's a scary it's a, it's a fucking scary experience like you're alone in a country which is 24 hours away from your old home in the middle of nowhere like Fiji's three hours away from New Zealand and like Australia's like a couple of hours away from New Zealand as well. But apart from that, you're essentially on the edge of the earth. How fucking weird is that? Anyway, my mum now works in like primary stuff and she does like, um, not pastoral care, like support for learning. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think she did that also because (laughs) I suffered from like, support for learning stuff and like dyslexia and stuff but she works with autistic kids and other types of kids just any any kids in primary and helps them with learning she's kind of like a classroom assistant but I think more advanced because like she does sign language it's so cool I love my mum she's literally so cool um and my parents have both lived amazing lives they both traveled so much and they 
they both like done so many different career moves and I think like that's where I get my drive from because I mean to be honest you fit my mum or my dad I probably wouldn't have made it to like this course the fashion course I'm on and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in life without them so it's quite cool to think of that but the more of the story is my sister is still in school and I think what she wants to do is like sociology and like politics and other stuff so as you can see literally everyone in my family isn't artsy so it's interesting to go into like uh arts industry with no prior experience I mean don't get me wrong, I did National 5 art and I did like painting and whatever but I was depressed, I was a lot. Like I feel sorry for my art teacher and actually I'm friends with my art teacher's daughter and I became really good friends with her like at the end of school and I still like chat to her and like other people in the year above. Um, but I mean I've, I actually need to go back into school once I'm allowed to just apologise to her about my behaviour. I was, I mean I was a lot. I think more like I was emotional and I was dealing a lot with my year and it was just like such a difficult space. I felt trapped in school and I felt like I just didn't have a purpose. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to learn and I had the worst, I mean the, I actually can't say the subject because I don't want this person to find out but if people, people know I hate this teacher like I hate um, and this teacher was just the worst they didn't take into account my learning problems they didn't help me with this subject at all I got an A in this subject right but I did that by myself I learned all of this stuff by myself and I spent extracurricular time out of my way when I went home just to make sure I would even pass this prelim and I did less hires because my brain and my mental capacity couldn't handle doing five hires so I did four and a lot of people will be like oh that's normal like not a lot of people do five hires at the school I went to and in schools prior there was still that academic pressure so doing five, less than five hires was considered like, not shameful, but my um, person of head academics was very like, she wasn't alright with like me doing three hires and I actually had to get my parents in and I was like, this is what I'm doing. And then when I say free hires actually, the fourth hire was an American qualification for like creative engineering. I don't look at me check me I'm so smart I'm not but anyway um that was I got an A in that as well and with that what I discovered was that you know if you set your mind to something and it's cringy and as cliche it sounds you can actually achieve whatever you want to achieve if you set your mind to it and I said to my mum I wanted A's this year and I wanted to either go to uni go to college I wanted to leave school a year early, experience life and do well in my last year academic wise. 
And that's what I did. I did really well in my prelims and then my projected grades are really good. It's not funny though, because the pandemic actually never sat like a higher exam. I sat my after fives, but my sister, my wee sister, she has never sat an exam. Never. I'm sorry, what the fuck? She's going into sixth year, um, which is, for people who don't know, your last year of school. And she's, she's, the first exam she's gonna, like, set is a fucking advanced hire. I'm sorry, I would have, I would have shat myself. I was so proud of it, honestly, because it's been so difficult on students in uni, college, whatever you're doing, it's been so difficult. And the Scottish system for exams sucks. I don't care what you say. I, I don't care. It's so bad. And if anyone, if you ask anyone else, any of my friends or anyone who just left school, they'll tell you how shit it was. Um, and it's the SQA, by the way, but I don't know if I should actually say that. But I, oh, I thought I was going to say it anyway. Um, but yeah, isn't, isn't that crazy? I just think it's absolutely bizarre. I think it's such a weird system. It doesn't make sense. And then the way they handled exams was, we're just going to cancel National Alliance three times in a row. Then we're going to um, continue hires and advance higher exams. But here's the thing, we're just going to do online evidence. And then they're like, oh, no, wait, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to use your prelims. And then we're going to use, bearing in mind prelims are, you ever do well them or you don't. It's a practice exam to make sure you understand how an exam's going to be set and what you're going to do and you're going to learn from it, what you need to learn or what you need to improve on or what you don't need to improve on. And the whole structure was they're never going to sit in exams, it's going to be easy, like we're going to make sure we have tons of evidence and they're just going to give predicted grades and it's all be good. Then they're like this year, oh yeah, we're going to do tests and we're going to give out tests which are included SQA questions but are also not included SQA questions. And you can choose to do them and put them in if you want. But then it gives the pressure to schools that they've got to put in these stupid hard questions in. Like the maths exam was, and I've been told, is just like SQA questions and then a couple of easy questions. And they do two papers for that, non-calc and calc. And it's just, you don't win because then these are sat in basically exam conditions, you sat far apart, you're all like in an exam hall, you're all wearing masks, which is even more difficult by the way, and you're forced to sit down and treat a paper like an exam. And I just, I can't believe they were like, oh, we're not doing exams. And then they basically made them sit exams, which were based on academics on that one test and in this one test if they did well in this one test if they resat it that would be into consideration but then if people did better in these tests and the school wasn't used to students doing as well which by the way is because of the whole stigma of everyone else needs to do as well as they can but if this school doesn't do traditionally well in this subject and all of a sudden all these students are doing really well, then they're going to be suspicious. But, like, it's a fucking, like, loophole because then no one's winning. 
because, I mean, oh, it's so stupid, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, you can't win, because the SQA is either going to make you do harder questions, and then if you don't do well on these certain topics, then you're not going to do well at all, and then at the end of the day, you're going to suffer with your academics or whatever's going on. Anyways, I've gone in a tangent here about school. Um, I think I'm going to leave this podcast here, actually. I think I've delved quite deep <laughs> into oversharing a lot. Um, and I've realised, actually, I've been trying to speak clearer. And I sound a bit too posh and I don't really like it. Um, but it's interesting to hear how you would talk as if like you're just talking to yourself. But if you guys have any suggestions and want me to break down other, like, topics or, like, bring some of my friends on, then let me know. Anyways, I hope you all have a lovely day. And, yeah, we'll see how this goes. But thank you for listening. Hi guys, I already said goodbye but I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to hear more and if you want me to discuss more episodes or you would like to join me in a podcast, if you're one of my friends or you feel like you just want to talk about shit, then just message me. But I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm going to try and come out with one of these weekly or whatever and I kind of feel like it. I'm trying to find a structure here but yeah this was fun i enjoyed this anyway have a lovely day and let me know